Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for June 1st, 2022. I'm teaching a series right now entitled God's Grace and Our Faith. And so I, I teach the grace life. I used to teach faith, 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 faith for years. And in 2012, I started learning about the grace of God. And it wasn't that my teaching was incorrect, but it was incomplete. And it's hard to understand the faith that we're supposed to have if we don't understand the grace that God has already given us. And so when you look at God's grace and our faith, God does everything he does for us by grace, unearned, unmerited, undeserved. And then in return, we respond by faith and our faith taps into God's grace. We then live the grace life and we get to be the men and women that we're called to be. So get excited about this message. Do me a favor, share it with your friends, open up your heart to get ready to receive. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. This is God's grace and our faith, part 26. The title of today's message is Jesus restored us to a position of power. If you're new here, this is part 26 of just this series. If you're new here, you can go to youtube.com forward slash Rick Pina. We have over 2,700 videos that are free for you to watch. And obviously we've been in this series for over five weeks, but this is kind of where we are. I'm building. The way that I teach is that we just build. Uh, we keep building and building and building. I'm showing you scripture after scripture after scripture. Some things I have to repeat several times for you to get it. And then, but we get it. And we finally see ourselves the way that God sees us. I'm talking about Jesus and how he restored us to a position of power. We've been looking at John 1 and 14, John 1 and 17, Galatians 5 and 13. Let me read those for you. And then we'll get into uh, the meat of the message for this morning. John 1 and 14, the Bible says, the word Jesus became flesh and he dwelt among us and we were able to behold his glory. It is the glory of the only begotten of the father who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John 1 and 17 says that the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Galatians 5 and 13 says, beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit, but don't view this freedom as an opportunity to set up your base camp, your base of operations in the natural realm. No, you're born from above. You're born from on high. You're supposed to be naturally supernatural. This is a freedom so that you can live free from self-indulgence and then become servants of one another operating in love. So what does this mean for you today? Uh, talking about Jesus restoring us to power. I have four things to share with you in this morning that's going to show you from the word of God what I'm talking about. This is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. Four things. Number one, here we go. So the first thing is understanding God's original intent for humanity is critical. And I'm building upon what I, something I taught yesterday about the original intent in Genesis chapter one and two and three, that kind of thing. But whenever you want to know God's original intent for something, uh, you go to where he first mentioned it in the Bible. This is the rule a biblical interpretation known as the law of first mention. The point is that if you want to know what God really meant before it gets skewed, before it gets perverted, you go to where God originally mentions it in the Bible. And the first mention of any given thing is God's original intent. So when we look at the first mention of man, we're seeing the original intent of man. So the first mention of man 
is on the sixth day. Remember, God created all things in the earth in five days. And then on the sixth day, God created man and placed him in charge of everything that he created. So man was supposed to rule and dominate this planet. God made man in his image and after his likeness in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So when I say man today, and I'm going to say man a bunch uh, in the message, when I say man, I mean male and female man, right? I'm talking about mankind, humanity. So when I say man, this is not a gender thing. This is this is a race thing. This is a, a mankind. This is we are humans and we are natural to this domain, but then we're born again from above and then we're naturally supernatural, right? So now God made us as humans in his image and after his likeness, male and female. And so we as humans were supposed to rule down here while God was ruling from up there. And, and so God, like I shared yesterday, is the king of the overall kingdom, but we're supposed to be rulers down here. So we are supposed to be kings and lords, and he was supposed to be the king of the kings and the Lord of the lords. And, and actually in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, at the, at the end of the book, it says that God has restored us to where now we're kings and priests on the earth. So to make this happen, to, to empower Adam and Eve to operate with kingdom, dominion, power, and authority, God put his spirit down inside of Adam, and then God pulled Eve out of Adam. So God's spirit was inside of them. And Adam and Eve were supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit in all things at all times. Genesis 2 and 25 says that the man and his wife, they were naked and they were not ashamed. They were so God conscious that they were not even conscious of the fact that they were naked. They were so connected to the spirit of God that, that, that there were some things that didn't even resonate, that didn't even register in their in their um, consciousness because they were so spirit conscious that some of these things didn't even matter. And, and they didn't even notice it until later, until after they sinned. So we were created to rule this planet. Put that in the chat. Say, I was created to rule or I was created to dominate. You were created and you have this innate desire to rule and to dominate. Why? Because God created you with this desire for that power because you were designed to operate in that type of power on this planet. Say amen to that. All right. That's number one. Number two, God created humans to be just like him in this world. You can put that in the chat as Jesus is, so am I, right? God created you as a human to be just like him in this world. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. That's first John four and 17. So God created man, once again, male and female man, to be just like him on the planet. God is the king and we're kings, but we're little kings and he's the big king. And he's the king of the kings and the Lord of the Lords. The word Lord means ruler, right? And so, so he's the king of the kings and the Lord of the Lords. So humanity was supposed to be an extension of heaven on this planet. So as, as a believer, as a born-again believer, and I'm going to prove to you today that Jesus restored you to this position, you are supposed to live with the expectation to bring heaven to this planet every day. You're an extension of heaven on this planet. You are an ambassador from heaven assigned to the earth. And so you are supposed to bring the reality of heaven to this world on a daily basis. You should not live, look at me, you should not live with just this expectation that I'm going to die someday and go to heaven. No, I'm not living with the payday someday mentality. We're supposed to live that instead of me dying and going to heaven someday, that mentality, no, I am living and bringing heaven to the earth every day. 
And so that that's what Adam was here for. Adam was, was on this planet to bring heaven to the earth. Adam was on this planet to manifest heaven down here and to extend heaven into this realm. And so the kingdom of God is supposed to be always advancing. The, the kingdom of God is supposed to be always encroaching. So humanity was supposed to extend heaven to this planet. Say original intent. You can put that uh, in, in the chat too. This was God's original intent. This was the original plan. Now, of course, things get deviated from the plan. Things get warped. Things get perverted along the way. But sometimes we got to go back to the original plan so we can see what God meant. And what God meant back then, he still means today. So as born again believers, as men, we're supposed to dominate this planet. You, listen, let me tell you something. You were created to have dominion. You were created to have dominion over the circumstances of this present world. And it's not the other way around. You were not created for this world to dominate you. Say this, put that in the chat. I, I was created to dominate. You, you were created to dominate this world. You were not created for this world to dominate you. Now, there are some people that I know that that allow this world to cripple them on a daily basis. Oh my God, I don't know. Oh, Brother Pina, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh my God, what am I going to do? I could, I could just never, it just never works out for me. Oh, I, I just never have enough money. I just never have enough. I don't know. I don't have peace. I can't sleep. Oh, oh my back is hurting. Oh, my feet are killing me. Oh, and I'm like, oh my God, you are not created to live like that. Like if that is terrible. You are living defeated. You, you are living a defeated life, and that's not the original intent. You're supposed to rule and dominate. You're not supposed to be dominated by the powers of this present world. And so as a believer, you got to realize that God never created you to be under this world. God created you to be over this world. The, the Bible calls it dominion power. So Satan tricked man. He deceived Eve. As a result, Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. Now, they had kingdom, dominion, power, and authority, but because of sin, she was deceived. She told her husband to eat. He ate. The eyes of both of them were open. As a result, they were kicked out of the garden. And watch this. When he ate, when Adam ate, the Holy Spirit was removed. I dealt with that yesterday, that you were, you were born with a, a, a hole that only the Holy Spirit can fill. And so people try to fill that hole with sex, drugs, alcohol, money, women, position, power, fame, titles, all of that. But you can't. You can't fill the hole. Because the only person that can fill the hole is the agent that created the hole when he left, and that's the Holy Spirit. So they lost the Holy Spirit. They lost their direct connection to the Father. They were kicked out of the garden, and they were resigned to living their lives as mere humans. So prior to that, they woo kingdom, dominion, power, and authority. And then after that, they were resigned to living their lives as mere humans, and we were born with that inheritance. So we were born one way. We were born under the, the influence of the prince of the power of the air. Uh, in Ephesians, the Bible says that all of us sin. I mean, don't even try to act like you were not. We were all born that way. Like we were all walking in the error of our ways. And so all of us were under the influence of the prince of the power of the air. All of us were under this influence of Satan. And all of us were like children of Satan because of our disobedience and the way that we lived. And we were born that way. But guess what? You can be born again. Glory to God. So God created us to rule this planet. We were not born that way because of Adam. But then Jesus came so we could be born again. And so God created us to, to live one way. We lost it. Jesus came to get it back. And when you're born again, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And now you have the same Holy Spirit 
that Adam had before the fall. You have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had when he was walking around with kingdom, dominion, power, and authority. So let me say something about this. When Jesus was filled, was filled with the Holy Spirit at his baptism, the very first thing that he did once he had the Holy Spirit living on the inside of him was the Bible says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus to go into the wilderness to be tempted of Satan. He went by the Holy Spirit, led to go into the wilderness to be tempted of Satan. Let me read to you one of those temptations. Now, what, what Satan said had to be valid. If not, the temptation would not be a valid temptation. So let me, let me read this slowly so you get it. Luke chapter four, verses five through seven from the Passion Translation. The Bible says, the devil lifted Jesus into the sky and he, in a flash, showed him all the kingdoms of this world, all the regions of this world. And the devil said to Jesus, all of this, with all of his power, all of his authority, all of his splendor, it's all mine. It belongs to me and I can give it to whomever I wish. Just do one thing, Jesus, and you will have it all. Simply bow down and worship me and it will be yours. You will possess everything. You will possess everything if you just bow down and worship me, right? So notice how Satan made it clear that he had power and authority over this planet. Now he did. Now don't try to say, oh, well, Satan was just uh, was lying. No, he wasn't lying. Because if he were lying, then the temptation would not be a valid temptation. It was a valid temptation. He was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He was tempted of the devil. It was a valid temptation. So what, what does the Bible says? He says, I own everything. He says, everything you see, I have it. I have all the power. It all belongs to me and I could give it to whomever I want to give it to. Well, how did he get it? Well, he got it when Adam and Eve lost it. So they lost it and then Satan got the power and Jesus came to get it back. And so, so now Jesus came to get that power back. And so after Jesus went down uh, into the earth and he took the keys of the kingdom back and he robbed the grave of his victory and he took the sting out of death. He, he was raised from the dead with all power in his hand. And then he said in Matthew 28 and 18, all power is given unto me in heaven and in the earth. And so, so now he's like, I've got the power back. So he snatched the kingdom. He took the keys of the kingdom back from Satan and he has the power now. So in short, as I'm making this point, you and I, look at me, we were created to be like God on this planet. Adam had power and authority. Adam had the, the power to rule and dominate, and he lost it. But the good news, the, the gospel is that Jesus came to get it back. And so Jesus has now restored us to a position of power. Now, by the grace of God, you can walk over to the mirror and say, as Jesus is, so am I. In this world, all power has been given unto Jesus and Jesus deputized me 
to use his name. So I can operate in the name of Jesus. Power and authority have been given unto me and, and nothing shall by any means harm me. The, the, Satan is a defeated foe. I'm not afraid of Satan. I got, th listen, I've been restored. God has blessed me. I'm born again. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and I have the authority to operate in the name of Jesus by the grace of God. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. Say, put that in the chat. Everything Jesus had is mine. And so now I'm in Jesus. Jesus is in me. And everything Jesus had is mine. I have the same Holy Spirit and I have the power and the right to operate in his name. Number three, under the old covenant, the Holy Spirit lived in a tabernacle and then later he lived in a temple. So he lived in a tabernacle. Later he lived in a temple. Let me explain. And so under the old covenant, when the law was given to Moses on tablets of stone, people were not filled with the Holy Spirit back then, right? So they actually had to build a tabernacle, and later they built a physical temple. And, and they built a tabernacle, later a temple for the Holy Spirit to live in. There was an outer court, then there was an inner court, then there was the most holy place. And inside of the most holy place, that's where the Ten Commandments were. And inside of the most holy place, that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. And inside of the most holy place, that's where the Holy Spirit was. He sat above the bema seat of the Ark of the Covenant. And only once a year, the high priest, only one person, once a year on the Day of Atonement, on Yom Kippur, the, the high priest, once a year on the Day of Atonement, this man was authorized to go into the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so once a year, this man put on this robe, he put on the priestly attire, he had to go through a whole process of washing. This is the law, right? This is why I'm telling you, we're no longer under the law. So under the law, this man once a year had the process to go through a, a, a certain stations of cleansing and rituals and rites and routines. He had to put on a certain garment and regalia. And then there was a cable toe around his waist. And so basically a cable toe is a rope around his waist. It was tied up. And at the bottom of his garments, there were a bunch of bells. And the reasons why the bells were there was, I'm going to explain to you in a minute. So this man had to go through all of this stuff and then get ready to go into the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when he went into the presence of the Holy Spirit, if he went right, then he was, whew, he's in there now and he could spend time with the Holy Spirit and he offered up a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And they had to do this once a year. Now, this is Yom Kippur. But, but, and so, but, but if he didn't go in right and he didn't do everything right, he would walk in there and then poof, die. And then they would hear the bells ding, 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 ding. as he hit the ground, they would hear the bells and they'd be like, oh snap, he's dead. Well, the other priests could not go get him. So they had that cable toe. They had the rope around them. So then they would pull him back and they would pull him out of there if he dropped dead, right? <laughs> that sounds crazy, but this is the law. And, and we're no longer under the law. Put that, put that in the chat. I'm no longer under the law. So, so the high priest went in to the Holy of Holies to visit the Holy Spirit once a year, going through all of these ceremonies and, and just to visit what Adam had on the inside of him, 24 by 7 by 365. The high priest had to do all of that just to visit, just to visit the Holy Spirit. And that's a picture of the law. And Jesus delivered us from all that. Jesus fulfilled the law for us. I'm no longer under the law. And so now I'm under grace. And so now watch this, under the new covenant, the covenant of grace, uh, I don't have to go look for the Holy Spirit inside of a temple. As a matter of fact, when Jesus died on the cross, he had several sayings. On the sixth saying, he said, it is 
finished. The Bible says that when he said it is finished, the veil. So there was a temple. The Holy Spirit was inside the temple. And so the Holy Spirit is inside the most holy place. There was a veil that the priest, the high priest had to get past. This veil was 30 feet high. It was several, uh, more than a foot thick. So really thick curtain, basically 30 feet high, more than a foot thick, super thick veil. The Bible said when Jesus said it is finished, the veil in the temple was torn. It was ripped. And it was ripped from top to bottom, not from bottom to top. That means it was no no human walked over to the temple and tried to rip it open. No, the father reached down with his own two hands. When the son said, it is finished, the father grabbed the curtain from the top and ripped that joker open. And it was symbolic or representative of the fact that the Holy Spirit would no longer live in that temple. And now Paul told us in Corinthians, we are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. So now we don't have to go through all the ceremonies and washing and cleansing and dressing and cable toes and veils and go through all of that to go visit the Holy Spirit. We have the same Holy Spirit that Adam had way back in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 before the fall. We have the same Holy Spirit that Adam had. We have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. We are now the temple of God and the the Holy Spirit lives inside of us 24 by 7 by 365. We don't have to go anywhere to visit him. He's living on the inside of us every second of every day. Say amen to that. Put this in the chat. I am a God carrier. You are carrying God around. You are taking God with you into every meeting, every conversation, and all the activity that you engage in on a daily basis. Say, I am a God carrier. You are carrying God around. Glory to God. You have the Holy Spirit. You're not long, uh, You're not living rules-based. You're not living performance-based. You're living spirit-based, grace-based. You're led by the Holy Spirit to do all things at all times. Say amen to that. All right, number four, last point for today. Everything Jesus did, he did for you to restore you to a position of power. And this is the power that he planned for you to have from the foundations of the world. So let me explain. Jesus left, think about this for a minute. Jesus left heaven to come to the earth just to get you out of the mess that Adam got us into. Adam got us into a mess and Jesus left heaven, came to the earth to get us out of that mess. Jesus died to restore you to a position of kingdom, dominion, power, and authority. God never intended for you to live without power. Adam had power, but he lost it. Jesus came as the second, and the Bible calls him the last Adam, to restore divine power to mankind. This is why people were amazed at how Jesus operated. He was... They, the religious people were operating as religious people. They, they were going through rites and rituals and routines, but they didn't, they didn't have a relationship with the Father. And they were baffled and frustrated that Jesus called God the Father. And he was like, no, the Father. And, and, and he was like, I'm one with the Father, and I'm walking with the Father, and the Father's walking with me. And they were frustrated that he wasn't going through all the religious stuff, but he had power. And he had power that they didn't have. They were upset because he was healing people on a Saturday because they couldn't heal people on no day. And so they were upset because they had religious routines, but they didn't have a relationship with the Father. And they were upset 
upset. They were practicing their rituals, but Jesus came with demonstration and power. That's why Paul said, listen, I, I do not preach with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I preach with demonstration and power. You are supposed to have power. That's why you crave power. That's why you want, you were, it's in your DNA. To have power. Put that in the chat. It's in my DNA to have power. I'm supposed to have power. You crave it. You desire it. That's why there's so many movies about sorcery and witchcraft and all of this kind of stuff, because people have this innate yearning and desire to have power. The original intent was kingdom, dominion, power, and authority. Jesus came so you could dominate your environment, not be dominated by it. Now, before Jesus came, people didn't have that kind of power. They went through rituals. They went through routines. God favored them. God opened doors, but they were, to, they were not walking around with Holy Ghost power. But now that you're born again, now that because of what Jesus did, now you have access to the Holy Spirit and you have Holy Ghost power. It's in your DNA to crave it. And so no one wants to live without power. And so, so now, now that you're born again, you have that power. You can walk in that power. So you got to upgrade your expectations. That's why I'm teaching on grace and not the law. You got to upgrade your expectations from just going to church. Listen, as I close, if you just... If your expectation is, I'm just going to go to church on Sunday and maybe Wednesday night, I'm going to sing a few songs, I'm going to fulfill my little obligation, and then I'm going to go out and go see a few people in church. It's good to see my friends, see my girls, see my boys, all of that. If your expectation is to go get a little fellowship, maybe have a little potluck after church on Sunday and just go through that and sing some songs and hear a little good message, if that's it, if that's your expectation then you probably shouldn't even be watching this. <laughs> like, I mean, like at, at the end of the day, no, listen, you, if you're watching this, this if you're still watching from where, where I started this morning, that means you crave power. You crave what the Holy Spirit has for you. You want to become the man or the woman that God has called you to be. This is your season. This is your time. You were born and sent to this planet for such a time as this. And the power of God is on you and in you and with you and for you. So watch this. The kingdom has come. As I close, God's will shall be done. Where? On earth. How? As it is in heaven. Through whom? Is going to happen through you if you believe that the grace of God is on you to walk in kingdom, dominion, power, and authority. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die in my place. Jesus paid the penalty for what Adam did in the Garden of Eden. Sin and death no longer have any power over me. I am in Christ. Christ is in me. I was born again. So I'm born from above. Heaven is now my home. Heaven is now my reality. I will die and go to heaven someday. But for now, I bring heaven to the earth every day. I have the grace to do everything that I'm called to do. Where my power ends, your power kicks in, Father. So I enter this day knowing that I'm a God carrier. I take you, Father, into every meeting, every conversation, and all the activity. Therefore, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Do me a favor, two things. Leave me some comments in the chat. If this message was a blessing to you, then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. If you enjoy this content and you want more content like this and more private content, Isabella and I are posting almost every day where we have this private Patreon page. So go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pena and check that out. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.